1: Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, Rendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw. Matt Chat This is the show where we debate topics. Hold on. Thrown to us. Buy our $20 patrons, $20 up a month, and you can get your face on this show. uh Yeah, patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. Go ahead. We're, and we're on the to debate topic.
2: No, we're on this set right now. The Matt Chat set has not been made yet. This is Matt Chat. There's no Matt Chat graphics. I Therefore, know. we can't officially name it Matt Chat. It's Matt Chat. We can unofficially, casually call it yeah. Matt Chat.
1: Listen, dude, this is our channel. We can do whatever we want to do. We can do. We have the ability to do that. I understand that, but yeah. uh, with that, we need. The How do you know there are no Matt Chat done. graphics yet? I sent. You, I can send you graphics. You're supposed to do that last week. Cooper STD font. I know the font. Yeah, but we need the set with the curtains and the chairs. We need all that. Well, even more reason to go to Patreon.com/forward slash Stephen Larson and support the show, Matt Chat. Anyways, uh, we're also Pro Wrestling Tees. Pro Wrestling com forward slash Going in raw. Lots of great designs. Buy them all. Um, so, yeah, this is Matt Chat. This is where people, the patrons, send in videos. And then we debate those topics. First on the agenda, Larson, Glorious
2: S Ball. See what S Ball say. has to say.
1: Friendos, it's me, the glorious
3: S Ball, all the way from the good old UK. Today, I've got a very simple debate topic for you. Now that Roman Reigns is back with his brothers, Dean Ambrose and Seth Island, have formed the Shield. Finally, they're together at last. But do you think this will get him over with the crowd in time for next year's WrestleMania when he goes one-on-one with the beast, Brock Lesnar? I personally think this might actually work. But what do you think, friendos? Thank you for your time and enjoy debating.
1: Thank you. Thank you, glorious S-Ball. Uh, so, will the Shield reunion get Roman in time over for WrestleMania 34?
2: Chat. So, the rumored match for WrestleMania 34 is Roman versus Brock Lesnar. Roman going over, finally getting his win over Brock. The third attempt at a coronation for Roman Reigns, as top guy in the company. Yeah. Is this Shield reunion going to get the job done finally, getting him over with the fans? Steve, do you want to yes, first? Yes, it
1: is. Of course it is. Absolutely. Look at how the people are responding to him already absolutely and there's no reason why they can't make this last all the way through to WrestleMania season it's like taking a little you know you, you 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 have your baby you put your baby in the little tiny boat and then you, you you push him along the stream and then it just goes out into the river to go and start its life is that how parenthood works i don't know <laughs> you put a baby in a boat what are you talking about Yes, of course it'll of course it will. What are you doing? I'm writing notes. Stop writing notes while I can see them. Let's try to distract you. I know it's so annoying. This is Matt chat. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, look, dude, look at how the audience already has responded to Seth and Dean being by Roman's side. This was an expertly executed move excellence of execution on the part of Vince McMahon. You don't believe that. By, I do believe, I absolutely do believe that. This is one of the few things they've done correctly. Look, we've bitched and moaned time and time again about no long-term plan for getting Roman over by WrestleMania 34. We are witnessing it as we speak, as we watch Raw. We see this long-term plan coming to fruition. By the time we get to WrestleMania, people will expect the F5 to be this... The uh, crazy finisher that nobody can kick out of one F five does the trick, and Roman's going to kick out of that at WrestleMania. It's going to make everybody gasp. That that is in play right now. That is a le- long term plan. Teaming, getting the Shield back together, absolutely will get Roman over by the time they hit WrestleMania thirty four. Already, people used to Pavlovian have this Pavlovian response to Roman Reigns's music, and they go boo. As soon as even there was a hint of The Shield getting back together, people reverted to thinking of that music as The Shield's music. They're going to come down from, through the crowd, and maybe they're going to do some mashup. I know a couple of you on Twitter sent me mashups of The Shield and Dean Ambrose and uh, Roman's and Seth's music all together. I don't want all that. I literally want all three songs to start at the same exact time and see what it sounds like. That's what I want. I can
2: tell you what it sound like. It's a, a mess. mess. Yeah, totally hot, a mess. hot, hot mess.
1: But luckily, they're not going to take that suggestion. Absolutely, by the time he hits WrestleMania 34, he will be over. Thanks to the Shield, this has already been a wild success, and we've only seen the start of it. And there's and there's only five months to WrestleMania, and boom!
2: All right, here's the thing, Steve. Boom is yes. There's actually two questions we need to pose to ourselves. One, uh, why is Steve right? Will Roman get over in time for WrestleMania 34? And I think the the larger question, probably the most important question. Is uh, if that happens, will Roman be able to be able to sustain that past WrestleMania 34? What does that I matter? Think that's really not, the oh, most important thing. That's not the question, though. Let me finish.
1: Once again, you're going around the actual no, question. I'm not, let me finish. In time for the four.
2: only way it would be, it's possible for this Shield reunion to work in Roman's benefit leaning into WrestleMania 34 is if the Shield stays together. Through WrestleMania 34, they have to stay together the entire time. Um, I've been reading rumors on the internet that this uh, reunion is only supposed to last through the end of the year. And if that happens, as soon as this reunion is over and Roman uh, doesn't win the belt, as soon as this reunion is over, assuming that happens before WrestleMania 34, Roman's gonna be back in the same exact position. They have tried everything Shield-related up to date to get Roman over: gave him the Shield's music, gave him his Shield gear. It's true. And all that was done in an effort to get him over b- because of nostalgia. People love the shield. If Roman's stealing shield stuff, his song is shield song. People will love him because of shield. That's the <laughs> logic behind it. Am I wrong? No, I'm not. I'm 100% correct. You are wrong. I am not wrong. You're trying to tell me they didn't, give, they didn't let Roman keep his ring gear and keep the shield song to get him over because the shield was so over? That's science. That is a fact.
1: Yeah, but you said they've done everything shield related. Yeah, they haven't paired him back with the shield. They haven't no, kept I'm the shield they together. No, I'm saying they've done everything
2: except that until now. Second, you mentioned. Well, let me real quick. I'm still talking Just here. Just as an
1: aside, I don't know. I'm i am not i am not trying to. I'm not. I'm not counterpointing you right now. I'll rebut you in a second when you're done with your ridiculous.
2: No, it's good stuff. argument.
1: Um, do you think that keeping the shield gear on him and the music on him? Take yourself out of kayfabe for a second. To me, it seems like it was more of a lazy thing than...
2: Oh, no, I think it was definitely because... You think it was to to
1: try to to keep... Okay, all
2: right, that's fine. Um, Second, you mentioned long-term planning. And yes, uh, the Brock-Roman match uh, seems to have been in the works even maybe before WrestleMania last year. Everything else about this is on the fly. From what I understand, Seth did an interview, I believe, on the Sad Roberts podcast where he was talking about the, his reunion with Dean, mm-hmm. and he was under, Seth was under the impression that his feud with Bray was going to last much longer than it did. Instead, they said, no, nah, we're going to put you with Dean now. There's no long-term planning. The only long-term plan is a match at WrestleMania. Mm. The story leading up to it is completely up to Vince's whims. Mm. Um, third, here's another thing, and I mentioned this earlier. If they keep the shield together through WrestleMania 34, it might work. People love nostalgia. It's a hell of a drug. I say it all the time. Yeah, you're going to that well a lot. these People days. People love me to make a shirt that says that. <laughs> I'm 100% sure I made up that phrase. <laughs> I should do a Google search just to make sure. Regardless, um, if they uh, put the brakes in this reunion before WrestleMania, Roman's going to be back to square one, back to where he was before the reunion. But I think it is a very important detail, a very important aspect of it. Um, if he can get over, with the Shield's help, if, even through WrestleMania 34, if he can maintain that by himself after WrestleMania 34. Because if he can't, even if the Shield's help him get him over, it's all going to be for naught, ultimately.
1: Okay. Well, um... I uh, think that they're going to see how wildly successful this is. They're going to keep it going all the way till WrestleMania 34, maybe even past WrestleMania 34, all the way
2: to SummerSlam, where they will have a Shield triple threat. Why would they have a match when they're reunited? Well, I say
1: through. I say through. I mean, like, the idea of the Shield being in something together. I mean, uh, by the time Money in the Bank comes around,
2: they're gonna start breaking them up
1: in oh, some fan. manner. Okay. Because Roman will have. The but once Roman's
2: final. back to being strictly a solo solo competitor, mm-hmm. not a part of the Shield, I don't think anything's gonna change. Nah, people still love him, dude. Well, some people still love him. Some people still boo him. Nah, everybody's gonna love he's, him. He's he's gonna be the least popular member of the Shield by the time this is all over. Still, he's always been the least popular. Yeah, I know that's not. But that's like and that's saying, not gonna
1: change. That's like saying George Harrison's the crap like the third most popular member of the Beatles.
2: You just compared Roman Reigns to George Harrison
1: yes I did alright yes I did because sometimes when George Harrison when his music played half people booed and have people cheered published are you sure about that no I'm not I'm no not. you're not talking on my ass right now alright next question next thank you, topic thank you very much S. the ball
4: yes thank you very much
1: next up we've got uh, oh Charvel I find it funny Myers let's see what he has to say
4: what it do friendos it's your boy Charvel I find it funny Myers yeah on my break Tell Lacey, Steve, tell Lacey I know about that postal life. Just going to go ahead and throw it out there. But anyway, I've been always thinking, and I'm going to give this for both of y'all. So, Steve, what I want you to do is I want you to be Triple H, and I want you to give all the reasons why the WWE needs to bring in Kenny Omega and why he would be pushed to the top and how you would push him to the top. And, Larson, you would be Vince. So you kind of probably want to bring back CM Punk. So y'all debate on how you would bring each of those superstars to the WWE, but if you bring one, you can't bring the other later on down in, in time, and how you would push them to the top. That's all I got, friendos. Botch too sweet. will at y'all later.
1: Thank you, Mr. Myers. Lacey will appreciate your shout-out to the post office. Um, so in this case, I'm not going to do this entirely in Triple H's voice. But he's putting me in the shoes of the game, Triple H. I want to bring Dad. Dad, I want to bring in this kid named Kenny Omega. He's really good in New Japan. Why would you want to bring in Kenny Omega? We have a perfectly
2: known commodity over here at CM Punk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Dad, you're suing the pants off of CM Punk. You're the one with the beef.
2: Oh, that's right. I hate that guy. All right. so no, I'm going first. All right, you go ahead. Um, I think I pretty much summed it up to my poor uh, Vince impersonation. CM Punk is a known commodity. Sure. Uh, he is beloved by the WWE Universe. Um, in the years since his, uh, his departure from WWE and subsequent firing, um, he has made a splash uh, in the mainstream culture. He has written comic books. He got his butt handed to him in the UFC cage. He was on uh, Talking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on Mark Marin's show, too. Mm. He's done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's Despite his failures in the octagon... Um, I think his, he, he, he's brought additional notoriety to himself and additional star power. Bring him back to the WWE. People still love CM Punk. They still chant his name every goddamn Ron Smackdown to irritate the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, people love CM Punk. They want him back. I'm not saying people don't like or love Kenny Omega. I like Kenny Omega. I think he's great. I think he's fantastic. I think he could be a huge star in WWE. But we do know that CM Punk was... And can be a huge star. CM Punk and WWE is a license to print money. That is a guarantee. That is a fact. We don't know that about Kenny Omega. They can bring him in with high hopes for him and botch his run completely and never make a cent off him. That's entirely possible. CM Punk, on the other hand, guarantee to make money.
1: All right, let me ask you something, Dad. Have you gone to Hot Topic any time lately? Do rich people go to Hot Topic? No. I don't think they go to
2: the mall. All right.
1: Well, listen up. You know how many shirts Bullet Club has sold at Hot Topic? Quite a few. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Who's the leader of Bullet Club? Kenny. Kenny Omega. The cleaner Omega. You talk about a license to print money. You think Kenny the cleaner Omega isn't a license to print money? Well,
2: Bullet Look, Club shirts are a license
1: to print We know. We know what... CM Punk's ceiling is in the WWE. We saw it before.
2: Yeah, it's one of the greatest champions in the history of the company.
1: Yeah, but at the end of the day, he couldn't take on The Rock and he couldn't take on Cena and WrestleMania. And so, no. His ceiling, and on top of that, how old is CM Punk? Oh, I'm like my age. He's super old. Well, exactly. Thanks. Super old. I'm only a year younger than you. You're I'm super, old, super too. old too. I'm totally willing to admit that. Nobody wants to see these guys wrestle no. in, in WrestleMania. Nobody's going to want to watch CM Punk either. wrestle at WrestleMania either. Not true. Kenny Omega is the future. And what we're going to do is make a dollar and a cent off of this kid, Kenny Omega, who will then also be able to smooth things out with the Young Bucks, who we've been ceasing and desisting on It's Too Sweet. Hey, Young Bucks, you want it' Too Sweet some more? How about come over to the WWE? We'll let you Too Sweet all you want. We just want some of that merchandise money. Kenny Omega is the future, and that's why we're gonna sign him to the WWE in a massive contract debut of the Royal Rumble. He's gonna win and go on to win the Universal Title at WrestleMania 35. That's what's gonna happen because CM Punk will never sign with the WWE. You know why? Because we sued his pants off, and he's a man who's too prideful. Never going to come back. Can well, Omega? I make mean, the,
2: the, the nature of his beef is with Triple H more so, I believe. He does not like Triple H. I don't want, I don't want him to be here. And I don't I think Triple H likes him either.
1: Well, that's also the problem, is that actually, if you even take the lawsuit out of it, you bring CM Punk back, Triple H isn't like Vince... I don't think Triple H is like Vince McMahon. I don't think Vince... Vince McMahon, he's got a massive ego, but his if ego... he
2: thinks he can make a, make a dollar off something, make yeah. some money off of yeah. a program... Doesn't matter. Yeah. He'll do it exactly. He'll put whatever problems have existed in the past aside. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if Triple H operates the same way or not.
1: Now, if we drop the pretense of this being a debate, I do think that CM Punk would
2: absolutely pop ratings higher than
1: Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. However, I think Kenny Omega would be a fantastic investment for their future. Yeah, yeah, he would be because I mean, CM Punk is already how old is CM Punk? He's like, all right, right, like thirty nine or something, like thirty nine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Kenny's not that. He's thirty one. Oh, he's only thirty one. I think so. He's thirty four by now. No, oh, maybe he is. Holy but God. he's taking.
2: I mean, not to say Punk hasn't, but. Kenny Omega's already got a lot of tread on those or doesn't have he's already taken quite a beating
1: yeah that's true Um, but like I said we already saw and also another thing is here's the thing if you bring CM Punk he's gonna we talked about this before if he's if you bring him back, he's gonna have to be a part timer because he's so old. Oh yeah, and that kind
2: of runs contrary to
1: mm-hmm. his whole oh, idea about leaving. He was born in nineteen. He's thirty three. Okay. Okay. So he's thirty three. So a lot of,
2: lot of yeah, but Kenny will have to simplify his style. You bring in Kenny,
1: then you pave the ra- you pave the road for names like Koda Ibushi. Mm-hmm. You pave the road for the young bucks, Marty Squirrel, Bring back Cody Rhodes, even though I don't think I'm gonna see that. Um, Hangman Page.
2: So. You'll bring in the Bullet Club, but you won't call him Bullet Club. What will you call him? Club?
1: Yeah, probably just the club. The club. Call him the club.
2: Yeah. Tomatonga, he does the thing. Where...
1: I don't have the music playing right now. No, we don't. We All play. right, next up, who we got next on the docket? From J.T. Hosack. J.T. Hosack. Let's see what he says.
3: Hey, what's up, friendos? This is J.T., the professor, Hosack. That's right, it's Hosack. Ho and sack. You say it just like it's spelled. Embarrassing, sometimes, but you got to own it. So I got to thinking. Enzo. He's been a pain in the butt. Um, He's not great in the ring. I think we've proven that. I haven't seen too much in terms of growth. But what he is, he's pretty good on the mic when he's given, you know, this is the amount of time you have. Don't go any further than that. Uh, And, you know, we've had a lot of GMs that have been great on the mic, uh, except head-cold McMahon. Um, and overall, you know, I think, I think, I think Enzo as a GM, uh, could really boost ratings. I think it would, um, kind of hit on his strengths and it could add another layer, uh, to the booking and to the interest of 205 Live. I think it'd be really, really interesting. Uh, so that being said, for, um, my first video submission for Matt chat, um, Larson, I'd like to argue. Uh, I'd like you to argue whether, or I'd like you to argue that uh, Enzo would be a horrible GM for 205 Live. And Steve, uh, I'd like you to argue. Just I think it'd be great, I'd like you to argue that uh, Enzo would be a great gm for 205 live and in either case if he was ever made gm of 205 live what do you think his first actions would be how would you book that going forward um well thank you so much i appreciate you guys podcast you guys got me back into wrestling the daily content is phenomenal um i hate hearing those podcasts that are always negative about wrestling i wonder why you even watch it anymore uh makes me very sad so thanks guys i appreciate it all you friendos out there um you guys have a great week. Uh, I gotta go teach some college students. So, I'll see you soon, bye.
1: Thank you, JT. I love this idea, I think it's fantastic. Why didn't I think about this? Enzo is GM, and I tell you what, when the cameras weren't rolling, we heard your video, I said, I actually really like this idea. He said it's a terrible idea, so this is actually a shoot debate right here. They don't know what to do with Enzo. They have him right now on 205 Live, he popped ratings for a week, they put the title on him, it was a joke, they got it off him using Kaliso. Who knows what they're going to do with him next? There's no long-term solution for what you do with Enzo Amore. You can't keep him on 205 Live because he can't wrestle a lick, and 205 Live is supposed to be the show where you wrestle. So what do you do? You turn him face, and then you make him GM. Because that way, you still get to sell, and he'd be like GM slash player. Every once in a while, he'll wrestle. You sell that Enzo merchandise, which is what they love so much. You're still able to generate ratings with a face Enzo Amore there on 205 Live because I, I kind of think one of the problems with it, the read, ratings thing is they went down because he turned heel immediately. So what do you do? You make him GM of 205 Live. Why not? Who cares? We haven't seen. I know Kurt Angle technically is supposed to be GM of 205 Live because he's the raw GM. But why not give 205 Live their own GM? We haven't seen any authority figures on 205 Live. Why not an out, outside-of-the-box one like Enzo Amore? Would he talk a lot? Yes, he would talk a lot. However, you know, he already talks a lot right now. He takes up 13-minute intro segments to the show. So just have him come out. Right now, we're going to have a great match. All right, we're going to feature Grand Metal Leak and this Schmuck Divari in the ring. Enjoy. Go get some popcorn and buy my merch. And then, he, and then he beats feet. I think Enzo's GM is a great idea. You go ahead. Um,
2: no, please. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Um, Enzo already talks enough as is and at certain times I'm happy to see him wrestle because that means he won't be talking um, if he's GM that's all he'll be doing I feel like you're just talking I feel like you're a
1: stand-up comedian who just completely like flubbed a joke
2: It wasn't meant to be a joke no point. I know we
1: have no we have no like, stand, studio, studio audience, audience here, here I know
2: um, he talks too much I'm tired of him talking I want to talk more so at least when he wrestles he doesn't talk
1: yeah but he's on the TV still He's... Ra- you rather... I'd rather hear him talk. I'm
2: because still t- doing my argument. You paused. Because... Because I was collecting my thoughts. So give me a second. All right, fine. I'm going to write that down then. Gosh. Um, also, when's the last time a GM ever popped ratings or anything? Never. Doesn't happen. GMs don't pop anything. That's not true. Uh, give me an example. Kurt Angle. Briefly. Yeah. But it's not long term. You don't watch a show because somebody's GM. All right, keep, keep going on. Um... And, uh, yeah, he dropped the belt uh, to Kalisto, but he's getting it right back at TLC. Um, they seem intent on making Enzo one of the, the primary players on 205 Live. They still think, WB that is, that he is uh, one of the, the competitors that will help 205 Live, that will elevate the show, bring it up the network ratings. That's why segments with him have made have ended Raw for three straight weeks. They're trying this out. Enzo as faced 205 Live, and they're going to ride it out until either uh, it's an utter and an abysmal failure. But it, or, it, it is already. Or Vince, Well, I don't think it would be if, ne, if, if, if Neville had stuck around. I think if the feud was Neville-Enzo, it would be really good. The ratings were already dropping. Everyone oh, out. I know. But nonetheless, I think the chances for a rebound, if the feud is Enzo-Neville, is much more likely than enzo Callisto.
1: Smarks like Neville, nobody else.
2: What I said. Smarks like Neville, nobody
1: else. Well, are you done? Because you're drinking. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. Yes. What Do I like to hear him talk? Not necessarily, but it's the one thing he does good. He does not wrestle good, so I don't want him on my screen wrestling. So why not just have him in a role where he just does that, be it manager or GM? But I like GM because you generally see GMs even less than managers. What's our big complaint about Kurt Angle? We never really see him. He shows up. He looks like he's got a big burden on his head, and or on his shoulders rather, and then he goes away. You don't really see him a whole lot. So we wouldn't really see Enzo that much. He would just be the foundational sort of, GM guy who people turn to when matches need to be booked and stuff. He'd be super over because we never have to see him wrestle, and he wouldn't be on TV that much. He
2: would be much better off as a, a manager. Well, let and me ask you, do you think the WWE is? Do you think the WWE is ever going to let him go? No, but he'll, he, it's probably more likely that he'll, he would want to leave. Yeah, he'd want to leave. Because he could pursue other pursuits, like he wants to get in acting. Right, or yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But the WWE is never going to want to let him go.
2: No, so long as he sells merch. If that day comes when he stops selling merch, then i
1: Yeah, I know. But on top of that, number one, I think that as they face, he is still really over with the crowd. And I don't see that. I honestly don't see that changing anytime soon. He's got that, like him or not, he's got more personality than most people on the roster. Yeah. That is a fact. And they're not going to want to get rid of a personality like that. So we're stuck with Enzo Mori. The question is, what do you do with him? Now, is it manager? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a manager. But I think the fact that 205 Live who can use Enzo Amore, can use him perfectly as a GM. I actually do believe that. I think it's a great idea. Next up, from the cat, Daryl Takahashi, let's see what he has to say. What's good, Stephen Larson,
2: and many friendos out there. It's the cat, Daryl Takahashi. And my debate question for Matt Chat this week is, in terms of legacy, which country do you feel has a better wrestling legacy? Japan Canada. Thank you, Daryl Takahashi. Oh, that is
1: a deep question. Canada versus Japan, whose legacy is, is
2: greater? You can go first. Oh, it's Japan. It's Japan. All right. Um, Canada has produced some noteworthy wrestlers, Hall of Famers, legends in their own rights. Canada's famous for the Hart family. You have Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Why are you talking about Japan at all? I'm getting to it. But uh, in Japan, in many respects, they revolutionized the sport of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the advent of strong style. Um, and you had stuff like uh, that Minoru Suzuki was doing where he was uh, wrestling, um, where he wrestled, did MMA, went back to wrestling, merged the two styles. Um, some of the, the most legendary figures in the history of pro wrestling. Our Japanese, Inoki, Giant Baba. I
1: feel like this should be writing itself and you're having a really
2: difficult I know, because I've <laughs> been sick all week and I'm just been. I'm just trying
1: to. I'm getting to it.
2: I'm doing background. I'm doing background. I'm doing. Because it's not just who's popular now, it's legacy. That's the entirety of it. You can go from now
1: and then go backwards. Come on, let's itself. Come on. It's let's new,
2: go. Yes, there's New Japan. There's All Japan. Nowadays, there's Pro Wrestling Noah. Um. The, the, the women's wrestling organization in Japan are, are, are huge. You have stardom. Um, the breadth of wrestling available in Japan, the Japanese wrestling, the extent of of of, of, of the product, the matches, the styles, mm. I mean without uh, what Onida was doing in Japan, would we have seen some of the hardcore wrestling in the states? I mean that's where Mick Foley went. I mean, granted, I know he got the inspiration from that from seeing stuff in the States, but he took it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. So without right. Onita, would we have ECW or CZW or XPW? Who knows? Um, <laughs> he's not, he's that's really good XPW. XPW, I know. Um, so in my mind, just the, the, the level of talents that consistently um, produced by the Japanese promotions, um, the influence that the, the various styles of Japanese wrestling has had, on wrestling in general, in my mind, just easily uh, gives it the vastly superior legacy. All right. Um, that was a
1: terrible argument. However, the the actual answer is Japan. However, I'm going to argue for Canada right now. Do it. But the real answer is Japan. It is Japan. I mean, throw these, these names. Larson.
2: Bret Hart. Okay.
1: Bret Hart. Chris Benoit. Uh-huh. Dean Malenko. He's not Canadian. <laughs>
2: no, he's not. What is he? Where is he from? I think he's just from
1: America. All right. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Kevin Owens. Uh-huh. Um, who did we just see? Who did you just see? I just heard somebody's name. Lance Storm.
2: Sammy Zane. Kenny Omega. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of great Canadian wrestlers, yes.
4: Yeah. Who did I just
2: say?
1: Oh, Bobby Roode. Yeah. Yeah. There's many. Canada is a wrestling factory. It is. That's where they churn out these wrestlers. That's where that weird dungeon is that Stu Hart used to bend little kids left and right and make them tap out and stuff. Hey, you heard those tapes, same as I did. They were terrifying. What an awful thing to go through. Um, look, man, Canada is a wrestling factory. Yeah, They dole out legend after legend after legend. Bret the Hitman Hart, perhaps one of the best wrestlers of all time. Certainly one of the most charismatic wrestlers of all, overrated Benoit, of all time. Chris Benoit, legendary career, pillar of the community. Chris Jericho, author, book writer, yeah. storyteller, gatekeeper, yes. dream weaver, rock star. <laughs> rock star, exactly. We wouldn't have the musical stylings of Fozzie without Chris Jericho. Now, do they have their own like uh, wrestling promotion similar to the, the popularity of New Japan? No. What is it? What was their deal? What they have? It was Stampede. Stampede wrestling. two hearts
2: promotion for you. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. Look, the real answer, to be honest with you, is it's, absolutely it's, it's Japan. Japan. I mean, the way that the way their culture, I I absolutely envy the Japanese culture in how they treat pro wrestling as if it's like you know. Like, they don't have kayfabe, but they still respect it, respect the craft. It's far covered more like, it's so covered like
2: uh, any other sport. Yeah, exactly. It's covered like baseball.
1: Yeah, they appreciate performance over there. We can learn a lot from that. Yeah. All the best matches are, are from New Japan these days. <laughs> these
2: days, yeah. So, uh, But also, yeah. like, Canada has produced a lot of great wrestlers. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it is. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe it's, it's all because, you know, it snows a lot up
2: there, and they have to be inside a lot. And wrestling warms them up is that where you're
4: going with that <laughs> yeah who's up next let's get out of this one A.O. Worm has a has a question here hey what's going on friendos A.O. Worm here back on that debate topic so Steve I want you to debate why they should let wrestlers wrestle their style and Lars. I want you to rebuttal and talk about why they should
3: not wrestle their style thank you
2: Thank you, A.O. Worm.
1: Thank you. Well, good luck with this one, because the answer is totally yes. They totally should let them wrestle their style. Unless their style is, like, extreme hardcore. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think we saw this in the Cruiserweight Classic. I'll, I'll I'll make this one quick. You saw it in the Cruiserweight Classic, and now you see it on 205 Live, why they uh, WWE wrestlers should be allowed to wrestle the style that brought them to the dance in the first place. If they're scouted by Regal or Triple H or whomever, then... There's a reason why they were signed to the WWE. And sometimes, yeah, it might be look or promo ability or ability to get over the crowd. But the bottom line is a lot of these guys get in now because of their fantastic wrestling ability. Look at guys like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and the entire cruiserweight division. Why they don't let these cruiserweights wrestle the style that brought them to the dance and made them such stars in the cruiserweight classic is beyond me. So, yes, they absolutely should let them wrestle their own way. You go ahead.
2: They should let them wrestle their style at uh, major shows. Otherwise, no. Being on the road for 250 to 300 days a year, if you wrestle a physical, highly athletic, demanding style, you're going to get hurt. And that's not a quality investment on the WWE to invest time and money um, to promote and and employ a wrestler who's going to be hurt all the time. They're not going to do that. So, yes, when you're wrestling 250 days a year, you need to pare things down a little bit. Save your, your, your... your, your high spots, your quality matches for the major shows. Yeah, WrestleMania, go for it. Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, yeah, go 100%. Pedal the metal. But when you're wrestling three to four house shows a week, you've got to scale it back a little bit. You've got to pull your punches. You've got to take a couple flips out of your repertoire. You've got to do that. Otherwise, you're going to cut your career short mm. and you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Second, it's crap argument going to make it. WWE has got to where they, they are now. For one reason, because they've employed the WWE style. They think it's a style that is most effective at telling stories on television. And if I don't agree with this, but if history is any in the in, in the indicator, it's the style that has worked because they're the largest, most profitable wrestling organization on the entire planet. We, it might not be the most enjoyable form of wrestling, but it has been, historically speaking, the most successful. See, you made that was a brilliant argument.
1: That was fantastic.
2: I don't know what happened with the Japan one. I overthought it. Oh, yeah, I should have
1: went simple. Well, Japan's too big. It's too much. There's a lot to. How do you wrap, boil it all down? I know there're the lots to wrap your head around. Right.
2: No, that was a good argument. I like that.
1: Well done. Uh, next up, we have Jordan Carter. Let's see what Jordan has to say.
2: Hey, friendos. So I just got back from Tuesday SmackDown Live. Hope you guys saw my sign. Um, so my debate question for you this week
3: um we saw Sami Zayn, and we saw the usos flirting with heel turns face turns um so my question for you is who had the best heel or face turn ever
1: let me know thanks
2: thank you jordan thank you jordan uh, well
1: I'll, I'll go for you
2: went i went first last time you go first okay stone cold stone cold's best face turn ever why he had to say a word which face turn he did two of them yeah, yeah of them. uh the double turn with him and Bret hart very good um, it was all storytelling in the ring. Yeah. It was all super effective. Not a word spoken. No promo. Didn't need it. He wouldn't tap out. That was it. That was the story. He wouldn't tap out. He wouldn't give up to Brett. Uh, Brett beat his butt all around that ring. Nonetheless, he would not tap out. Um, that face turn, uh, led to the most profitable period in the history of WWE and launched its greatest star ever in terms of drawing power, uh, to huge success. Mainstream crossover appeal made Stone Cold the most massive star in wrestling history. He uh, he might not have been top star for as long as Hogan or Cena, but for those five years, no one topped Stone Cold. Stone Cold's face turn is the best face turn ever. All right, <clears throat> so I had a decision to make here.
1: Do I go with the Hogan heel turn, uh, the NWO Hogan heel turn, or do I go with? The Rock's heel turn at your favorite pay-per-view of Best all time, ever. Survivor Series 1998. And in fact, I won with The Rock, and I'll tell you why. Because when Hogan went heel, it was out of, I'll say it, desperation. His career was basically dead. Yeah, he, he wasn't was, relevant anymore. He was able to politic his way to the top, keep that top spot. However, nobody in the crowds wanted to see him. By the time he even finished his run in WWF, uh, that that King of the Ring uh, pay-per-view in 93, I think it was, you take a look, there's like not a lot of people there. Like I think they drew like 5,000 people, something like that, which is a ridiculously low, low number for that time, and for his uh, peak, even. Um, by the time he had come back to the WCW, doing the Hulkamania thing, God, nobody cared. Nobody cared. Then you bring in Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, who were like two of the coolest guys ever in wrestling, and he's even more irrelevant. Hogan didn't even Hogan was so blind to this that he didn't even he wasn't even sure that he wanted to turn heel because he just wanted to hold on to his legacy of being saying your prayers, eating your vitamins, and whatever the third drinking thing was milk. drinking milk, which for lactose intolerant people was probably a terrible idea. Terrible idea for me. Yeah, and so. Hogan did this, I'm not going to say out of desperation, but it was against probably his better judgment. I think guy, he's kind of said as such, and it just happened to work. They had a fantastic logo, and they had a Hall and Nash, which were the two coolest guys. And then you bring Hogan in, and he's kind of this monster, So, but his heel turn was kind of out of desperation. The Rock, on the other hand, was already almost one of the biggest faces that WWE had, WWF had, in 1998. He was electrifying audience. He was already he had already been a heel, and he started cutting those amazing promos. He was in the nation. He kicked out Farouk, but people just loved him. They loved to hate him, and they just started to love him. And he became a face in 1998. They could have run with him as top as co top face in the company along with Stone Cold, and had two massive, massive merchandise sellers. And what did they do? They pulled the trigger on a heel turn. Nobody needed to do it. They could have kept on running with that and and made, I don't know, Triple H or somebody else top heel in the company. But they went with The Rock in what was a massive, amazing, intricately plotted storyline decision that rocked the wrestling world. And those fans were so, so furious.
2: Well, part of it, too, is that they... uh, they, the finish of that match was straight from Survivor Series 97. Yeah, so It's exactly. a true job finish. Exactly. Which brought even more heat on And it.
1: the next night, Rock comes out and he says, Do you really think I thought, I forgot, when you people said, die, Rocky, die. So it was perfectly motivated as well. I thought it was the perfect heel turn.
2: Yeah, it was good. Two good answers, I think. Yes, two very good answers. Yeah. Uh, next, next, we're going to take two questions talking about factions. We're going to talk about factions more uh, on on uh, Saturday, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We for an episode of out. out. Yeah, that's right. First, from Robert Stack. Let's see what Robert has to say.
4: Hey, friendos. It's the unsolved mystery, Robert Stack. And don't mind the wrinkled collar, I'm a hard worker. Now, my debate topic for today is, who do you believe is the most influential faction of all time? Of course, you have the Four Horsemen. You have Degeneration X. You have something as recent as a S.H.I.E.L.D. Now debate is not who's the better faction, but the most influential. Who's had the most impact of either faction of all time? Happy debating, and stay cool, friendos.
2: Thank you,
1: Robert. I like Robert. You got the, the, the collar there. Yeah. Hard-working man. Yeah. Looks like he should be on the Going In Rod Daily set. Yeah. Uh, however, he wants to know what's the most influential faction of all time. I'm gonna say the NWO. Uh, it was the NWO because we we talk about this on count out tomorrow, and I go more, we go more in depth in it there. But uh, the NWO ushered in the greatest era of success for both the WCW and, and WWF.
2: W- All you have to do is throw up a Too Sweet, and that's why they're most influential. Too Sweet. They got
1: Bullet Club down the line. They're selling Funko Pops at Hot Topic next year your Bullet Club. But, uh, I mean, look, y'all know, y- you guys know NWO. All right. See, you threw me off by saying I'm already overthinking it. Don't drag me down to your level. I'm not overthinking it. Everybody has bad days, man. I don't, I'm not having a bad day. I'm having no, a I'm great day myself. Thank you. <laughs> 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 uh, the NWO. Uh, as you guys know, they ushered in the Attitude Era. If it wasn't for the NWO, WWF never would have ushered in the Attitude Era. They probably just would have lingered along the same crap path they were on in 1995 when you had guys like Bret Hart, you had Diesel. I'm not sure they ever would have pulled the trigger on a Stone Cold Steve Austin or given him the liberty to be as edgy as he was. They certainly wouldn't have come up with DX um, because they wouldn't have had any real competition, and that's what really spurred the WWF's uh, uh, revival in 1996, 97, 98, was competition from WCW, and what kicked that off? It was the NWO. All of a sudden, everything wrestling was cool again because the NWO, celebrities were in NWO gear, uh, everybody was paying attention to it. They even had their own pay-per-view, which was a massive pile of crap.
2: giant pile of garbage. But
1: it's bags. absolutely, it's the NWO. You go ahead.
2: Uh, no, it's the Horsemen, Four Horsemen. I'll tell you why. They weren't the first heel faction, but uh, they were uh, one of the first to absolutely run roughshod over a company. Promotions, territories Um, They had their own hand gesture Without the horsemen You probably never would have had A lot of these other heel factions That eventually sprung up in their wake Um, You had Ric Flair At the peak of his powers In the mid-late 80's um, Dominating wrestling In the NWA later on WCW Um, They were guys Who in many respects Just looked like normal dudes but, man. Everybody, all wrestlers in the early 80s did. But, but they uh, glamorized the sport with their jet-setting, limousine-riding. Um, and if you talk to a lot of wrestlers. It's kind of like that you didn't even try to do the whole thing. Oh, I'm not going to bother <laughs> with that. Not today. I have a problem just talking. <laughs> and, if he's ta- and if you hear or watch interviews with wrestlers, especially the wrestlers that are on the you know, like, uh, top of the card now, Ask about their influences. The most common name you'll probably hear isn't Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Probably isn't even Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair seemed to be the wrestler's wrestler. And while the Horseman may not have the mainstream crossover appeal the NWO achieved, in the wrestling business, it seems, I'm not in it, but as an observer, it seems to me that uh, the Horseman, and specifically Ric Flair, was, might have been one of the most, if not the most influential wrestlers in the history of the business as far as other wrestlers. That's a laugh. I said observer because the a wrestling observer. Maybe a chuckle.
1: Ha! <laughs> 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 you nerd. Hey, have you noticed going back to your point about uh, most wrestlers saying that Ric Flair was their inspiration? Have you noticed that
2: HBK is starting to creep up now that the younger guys know, are I being know. asked that question? I know. It's now it's everybody's HBK. But it was HBK. It was Ric Flair. Yeah. yeah. No, it totally was. Same with Triple H. That's his favorite. I, mean, I think it's his favorite wrestler. And yeah, and you have Arn Anderson, who uh, and and Polly Blanchard, who we see now. Uh, uh, the Revival is pretty much doing a, a, a brain buster or Minnesota Wrecking Crew and Arnon Oli. That's kind of the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Without the glamour, they're not wearing the the fur coat during that riding around limousines. But in terms of their approach to wrestling, mm. that's still the horsemen influencing wrestlers today.
1: And quick side note, too, one of these two groups is actually number one on Count Out tomorrow. Yeah. Find out who by watching. Next up from... Uh, Vincent Palmieri. Vincent Palmieri. Let's see what he has to say.
4: Today, your debate topic is going to be, um, which was the superior faction? The
2: Four Horsemen or Evolution?
1: Thank you, Vincent. Thank you, Vincent. So, who is the better faction, the Horsemen, or
2: Evolution? Oh, I go first. Yeah, you go first. (laughs) Horsemen may be most influential. (laughs) Evolution was a better faction. (laughs) You know why? Why? Well, I'm here... to bolster my argument for the horseman being most influential. Use our criteria. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Without horsemen, you get no evolution. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So, yeah, our criteria for any top thing mm-hmm. is is threefold. Yeah. Being good. Being good. Impact. Yeah. k yeah. When it comes to K-Fabe, evolution wins. Yeah. Because they had all the belts at one they point, had I think. All the belts. They won all the belts. And then if you look at each individual member, they were all world champions at different
4: yes. times. Yeah. Yes, yes.
2: Uh, being good. mm mm-hmm. uh, Triple H, great. Mm-hmm. Rick Flair, one of the best of all time. Um, Randy Orton, kind of boring at times, but he's decorated. Yeah, uh, Batista, he's on, he's on. Yeah, yeah Batista, good, uh, good wrestler, uh, fantastic actor. Oh yeah, amazing. So impact, huge impact, huge impact with Batista. These are acts. Uh, Rick Flair crossed those, crosses over to both. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's evolution, man. It's yeah. Evolution, baby. Well, I'm
1: going to say, it's... don't ever do that. I'm going to say it's, it's Horseman. Because they lived the lifestyle somehow. Okay, so Randy Orton used to talk about a lot about like I, I, I put it this way: remember how they had all those like kind of borderline creepy video packages of Evolution partying with girls in like their limos and stuff? I think that was a show. I think they just filmed that stuff. That wasn't real. That wasn't. I verite. think it was a
2: show. It was
1: probably a show for three quarters of. It. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, you're you're correct. But the the horsemen of the group. They lived that lifestyle. That's why the Horsemen are the better faction, because they lived that lifestyle. Who would you rather hear stories from about time on the road, off the record, in a bar while buying Ric Flair some drinks? The Horsemen or Evolution? It's totally the Horsemen. They probably engaged in so much debauchery. He might have some good stories
2: about trying to get some of the other guys to, <laughs> to do crazy stuff with them. That could be yeah, funny. That
1: could be, yeah, yeah that, that could be true. But it's absolutely the horseman. But again, we've got a great episode to count out tomorrow. So we'll leave a little bit of that for guests. For uh, last up, we've got Michael Berry, and he has a question for us. What's going on, friendos? Just
3: a quick debate question. This one, hopefully, a little more exciting. So, what I want both of you to do is pick a movie, and the characters from the movies each of you pick are going to make a brand new wrestling promotion. So take your movie, take the characters, and defend why your promotion
2: would be better than the others. Have a good one. Thank you, Michael Barry.
1: All right, so we got to take characters from a movie, and that start
2: character starts, or characters, start yeah. a wrestling promotion. All right, who goes first? Do I go first? I think I do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Tyler Durden. He kind
4: of did start a wrestling club. He did. Promotion.
2: He started a fight club. Yeah, in true. In the movie Fight Club. Yeah, in the movie Fight Club. <laughs> um Project Mayhem. Project Mayhem. Yeah. Of course, the only uh, demerit that I can think of, or the major demerit against <laughs> him, is that he's not real. He's not a real person. <laughs> not he can't real. Start he's, he's a projection of, <laughs> yeah. of Ed Norton's uh, Ed Norton, character, yeah. unnamed protagonist of the movie. Yeah. Um, also, he uh, he really appeals to, to meatheads mm-hmm. who think he's like someone to look up to when he's a he's a, a jerk. Yeah, he's kind of a bro icon. Yeah, know, but he's a big piece of crap. He is. Yeah. Nonetheless. Um, but, again, he's a, he'd be a wrestling promoter. He would so be a wrestling promoter, in. so it would fit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has experience um, working in underground fight leagues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so expand that. He can do some sort of uh, CZW. Thing. Exactly, CZW or XPW type thing. That's hardcore, um, smaller venues, mm-hmm. a lot of fluorescent tubes, I'm guessing. Yeah. Dangerous spots, major injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he would probably be fine with all that. He would probably turn that into a lucrative endeavor. Um, Tyler Durden. All right. Uh, Well, I love that answer. I think it's great. Um,
1: I am going to say, however, I would like to take the greatest sports entertainer of movie history, Apollo Creed, and have him start a wrestling promotion. Think about it. We know that pro wrestling is a very popular thing in the Rocky universe. Take Thunder Lips, for example, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So he'll be the centerpiece of this new wrestling promotion. We're going to imagine this wrestling promotion got started around that time, Rocky 3, and we're going to veer off from the tragic events of Rocky 4 and say that never took place because Rock, uh, Apollo Creed instead decided to start his own promotion. And who knows more about promotion than Apollo Creed himself and who start? he has his own gym as well where he trained Rocky in Rocky 3 and so I'm going to say Rocky Apollo Creed with his star power, he is a real human being, and I was opposed to Tyler Durden, who is not a real human being. He has uh, hookups in the press. He has hookups to hot, young, athletic talent that he could turn from prospective boxers. Hey, you flame out in boxing? You got an A-plus personality? You're very athletic. Come on down to Apollo Creed's wrestling school, and we'll, we'll get you on TV in the territories in 1983. Then he sells his territory to Vince McMahon and makes a big, fat profit. I like Apollo Creed. He's a real
2: human. Yeah, <laughs> Apollo Creed is a better <laughs> answer. Because he's yeah, all the reasons you said.
1: <laughs> I kind of want to see that now. All right, that's it for Mad Chat. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Like we said, check out Count Out tomorrow. We got all sorts of factions in that episode tomorrow.
2: Till then, we'll talk to you guys later. Sorry, Daryl Takahashi, I botched my answer to your question. Not Thank you, everybody. It's great, it's no, it's right It's great.